Thank you, Pastor Yingming. Maybe not many are aware that uh, we were classmates in Bible College, graduated in 81. And this will be our 40th year since graduation from Bible school. Amen, amen. So good to see. Wow, the light is so glaring. I can't, I can't really see you. Uh, but maybe that's the intention of the spotlight. This morning, uh, I'd like to bring you greetings from Klang. Uh, not too far, actually. Uh, those of you who are familiar with Klang, I'm sure you associated with Klang Bakute. And uh, let me go straight into the Word of God. And uh, if the media can just follow, I have prepared some PowerPoint and uh, just follow along. Let me read the text, Second uh, Samuel chapter 23, verse 13 to 17. I like to entitle my message this morning, Extraordinary Offering. There is a difference between the word ex- uh, ordinary and extraordinary. It is that small thing called extra. And uh, we all, can be extraordinary. You see, the problem is we live in a culture that is always looking for superheroes and uh, we often miss out what God can do through ordinary lives. And it is my intention this morning to look into the scripture and see there's a consistent pattern how God used ordinary things, ordinary people to advance the kingdom of God. Can I hear an amen to that? Amen. So, let me read the text here. During harvest time, three of of the 30 chief warriors came came down to David at the Cape of Abdullam while a band of Philistines was encamped in the valley of Rephraim. At that time, David was in the stronghold. And the Philistine garrison was at Bethlehem. David longed for water and said, Oh, that someone would get me a drink of water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem. And then the three mighty warriors broke through the Philistine line drew water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem and carried back to David. But he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out before the Lord. And he said, Far be from it, from me, Lord, to do this. Is it not the blood of the man who went at the risk of their lives? And David would not drink it. Such were the exploits of David, mighty men. Now, let me give you the context, all right? Uh, follow me in the PowerPoint. David, at this point of time, was hiding in a cave from the Philistine. And David expressed a desire, a wish. Oh! that someone would get me a drink of water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem. 
I don't know when was the last time you and I expressed a wish, a desire. Now, the greatness of a man or the beauty of a man, if you want to know the kind of people around him, is that when you express a desire, soon after, it, it was just a, a desire, a longing, because he was a fugitive hiding from Saul, hiding from his opponents. He was just pining for some familiarity. He was thinking of water. Now, water is water. Is there any difference from the water from the well of Bethlehem? Or is there something special about that water? Of course, this morning, many of you may defer. Water is water. What's so extraordinary about that water? There is alkaline water. There is mineral water. There is distilled water. There is acidic water. There is spring water. And then some of us here this morning will swear by it that Kangen water is the best. There you are. David is just expressing a desire. Now, those of us who were used to court, uh, in fact, this coming Sunday, next Sunday is my 40th wedding anniversary. It, it didn't seem so long. It feels long. <laughs> How many remember those days when you were courting, you were expressing a desire? Especially when your girlfriend expressed a desire. Mm, it'd be nice to have some durian. And then you go quietly to prove your love for her. You go quietly and you brought durian. It was just a desire. David was expressing a desire. Quietly, three of his mighty men slipped out into Bethlehem that was occupied by the Philistine, brought back water for him. Now, water is water. What's so special about the water from Bethlehem? But then again, you must look at it. This morning, if I say, it'll be nice we have some bakute. But if I come from Klang, it'll be nice to have some bakute in Klang. Because bakute elsewhere is not the same. Or if I say, it'd be nice to have some satay. And some of you from Kajang say, Kajang satay is the best. There are satays and there are Kajang satays. There are bakute, there are Klang bakute. It'd be nice to have some cha kway tiao. And some of you from Penang said, uh, hold on, Pastor. Penang cha kway tiao is still the best. There you are. It'd be nice to have some siu pao and some of you from Saramban say, hey, excuse me, Saramban siu pao is the best. Apparently, there is no one from Saramban this morning. It'd be nice to have some nasi dagang or nasi kerabu and someone from Kelantan and say, you never taste nasi kerabu or Klant uh, a dagang unless you have tried the one in Kelantan. Yeah. Oh, all right. 
It'd be nice to have some laksa and someone from Johor said, oh, you haven't tasted the real one until you taste Johor laksa. It'd be nice to have some beef noodles. And then someone from Tanka said, you have never tried the real original beef noodles except that from Tanka. It'd be nice to have some chicken rice. And someone from Ipoh said, hello, hello, chicken rice from Ipoh is the best. It'd be nice to have some popiah and someone from Taiping say, excuse me, Pastor, have you been to Taiping or not? Taiping popiah is the best. And unfortunately, as for Subang, there's nothing I can think of that we can break. <laughs> some things are not equal. Seriously. There are friends and then there are friends. Some of us, we got thousands of Facebook friends. But are they real friends? There are sins. Your sin. And then my sin. There are your church. And then there are my church. There are children, your children. Not all children are the same. Don't talk about my, my children. Like someone said, two men were together in a conversation and this man has a son is always getting into trouble. And then his friend said, hey friend, if he is my son, I would have given up on him. Why you always bail him out, bail him out, bail him out? And then the other man replied, Friend, if he is your son, I also would have given up. But he is my son. There is a difference. There is a difference. And so, coming back to water. Firstly, it is common. Common. An ordinary thing can become extraordinary if it is seen in the right context. What's so special about the water from the well from Bethlehem? When it was finally brought to David's presence, he dare not drink it because his men risked their life to get it. Something that is common became sacred. And this morning, this is Mission Sunday. Pastor Francis was announcing, if there be any new visitor, I pity the new visitor who come on a faith Sunday. Why? We are talking about money. Okay, did I offend anybody? <laughs> Something that is ordinary can become extraordinary when God is in it. The Bible tells us ordinary handkerchiefs in Acts chapter 19, verse 11. 
became extraordinary. It is said God did extraordinary miracles through handkerchief and apron. And when they were used to heal the sick and cast out demons. Ordinary handkerchief, ordinary apron, but when God is in it, can heal and cast out demons. Otherwise, everything we have is ordinary. Ordinary five loaves and two, two fish. Very ordinary. It's just a young lad's lunch. But when placed in the hands of Jesus, when he prayed and gave thanks, can multiply and feed 5,000. An ordinary flask of perfume that belonged to a person, a lady. And yet, when she poured it out at the feet of Jesus, become an everlasting memorial. When she did that, it incurred the wrath of the disciples. Sometimes it is the people that are closest to the Lord that don't understand that it, what is happening. Yeah. I find it irony because firstly, that flask don't even belong to them. It was an act of devotion. It was an act of love that this lady poured it out and anointed Jesus' feet. And yet, it invokes such an immediate reaction. Firstly, it was extravagant. You see, sometimes when you go extravagant for the Lord, it's going to invite a lot of criticism. That's why the call is to do ordinary things. Don't go the length. Just, you know, be a Christian. Don't be radical. Don't go all the way. Just attend church. Enough. But yet, the lady went all the way and immediately we read in the gospel, the disciples were upset. Some of them couldn't even control their feelings. One of them, Judas Iscariot, blur out, what a waste. That kind, you know, one year's wages could have fetched. That flask could have fetched one year's wages. What a waste. Be very careful when you see things from that kind of perspective. Everything that we do for the Lord can be considered a waste. Especially when the church is involved in mission. Sometimes we don't get to see, like the one that we see in a year. Wow, tremendous report we received. A couple of weeks ago, I was in Facebook and uh, one of the pastors it used to be for with, with Bunting Church and Victor Gonzalez. He worked with Christopher Long and he has migrated to Melbourne, pastoring a church. And, and he is my friend and I saw him going to Philippines. He's a Filipino. He went to Philippines. He went to Bigo region, the east of Philippines, Legaspi City, Naga City. And, and I was excited because I, our church used to be involved in that church for five to, to seven years. We went to the Assemblies of God Bible School. The district superintendent invited us. I spoke for their graduation. That was 20 plus years ago. And when I saw the Facebook entry that God has blessed the work 
I couldn't contain myself. I put in an entry and say, hey, I used to be there. My church and I used to be there 20-some years ago. And I know Reverend Jesse Tan and, and, and Joe Dasko, the principal. And, and, and I said, oh, it would be nice to re retrace my, my journey there again. And then in my Facebook, one of them replied, Pastor, I was there in the Bible school. I was a student. Now, I am the district superintendent. I am now the pre president of the Bible college, by the way. Would you like to come? I will take you on this journey of retracing what you have done 20 plus years ago. Wow. And all we thought was a waste of time. All we thought, wow, we have done it 20. We don't know where the fruit are. But today, to get that, hallelujah. And he was just a Bible school student. Today, the district superintendent and the president of the Evangel Bible College. Wow, how rewarding it is. So friend, the disciples, the ones that are closest to the Lord, could not even understand that act of extravagance. They begin to put on their mental calculation. Sometimes we see that too. When money is being poured into mission, there's always that question, why are we putting money into this? Why are we putting money into that? But church, this morning, I want to encourage you. That which is common can become extraordinary if it is done in the Lord. A few, years ago, a few weeks ago, I was invited uh, by the widow of uh, late Albert Ong, who was the founder of Good Samaritan. We were colleagues uh, in Grace Assembly many, many years ago. And so he left to, found, uh, to, to, uh, to begin Good Samaritan Orphanage. And the Lord has blessed that work. Corporate people have donated a piece of land in Satya Alam, where the bus station is, and they are now in the process of putting up a $3 million orphanage. So the wife invited me for his second year memorial, and I went. And uh, as I was seated there uh, with my wife, and then, then a pastor came. There were quite a number of pastors. His name is Reverend Sean Prasad from Good News, Shah Alam, I think, isn't it? Kota Kamuni. He came and hey, Pastor, good to see you. And then he went to my wife and said, hey, teacher. He addressed me, Pastor, he addressed my wife, teacher. Then he sat down and began to say, hey, teacher, remember those early days in the late 70s, this is in the late 70s, my wife was teaching Sunday school in Panamaran. Those of you who are familiar in Panamaran Church, Grace Assembly, we don't even have proper classroom. Our class, Sunday school classes were outside the veranda. My wife had five students. Five students. Don't know whether it's worthwhile teaching them or not. And you know what? For a couple of years, she taught them. One of the product is Reverend Sean Prasad. Five of them, four became pastors. Hallelujah. 
Reverend Gumit Singh is also one of them. And then uh, the other one is with, working with Michael, Mike Yo in Church of Praise, Johor Bahru. And, and say, teacher, he's now a senior pastor himself. And when it comes to my wife, teacher, he still remember those early years when my wife taught them classes. When they became believers, coming from the poor neighborhood, today they are pastors. That which is ordinary, but when God is in the picture, can become extraordinary. So this morning I want to urge you. I want to urge you. Sometimes you may look at your life and say, Oh, very ordinary. What good can I do for the Lord? Ordinary prayers, ordinary moments. I think this has been circulating. Let me read this. In the WhatsApp group, I don't know. I'm sure some of you would have received this. It talks about many, many years ago, in a train journey from Bangalore to Mumbai, there was a girl hiding under a seat about 14 years old. When the ticket examiner or collector came, the girl was caught because she had no ticket. And so the ticket collector told her to get off the plane. And then suddenly a voice came from behind and said, I will pay for her. And that voice was Mrs. Usha Bhattachandra, who was a college lecturer by profession. She paid for the girl's fare and made that girl to sit next to her and asked her what was her name. Chitra, she replied. Where are you going? I got nowhere to go, she said. Then come with me this college lecturer said. And after reaching Bangalore, she handed the girl to an NGO to be taken care of. And then later, Mrs. Bhattachandra shifted to Delhi and the two lost contact. 20 years later, this Mrs. Bhatta was invited to San Francisco, USA, to give a lecture in a college. She was in a restaurant having a meal. And when she asked for the bill, someone said, it's been paid for. A lady with a husband smiling at her, saying, Mrs. Call out her name. Says, and this Mrs. Bata said, why, why did you pay for me? The young girl replied, Ma'am, the bill I paid for you is extremely little compared to the fare that you paid for me in that train journey from Mumbai to Bangalore. And then tears begin to roll down from the eyes of both women. The connection was made. Oh, Chitra, it's you. Mrs. Bata happily and shocked by the encounter. While hugging each other, the young lady said, Ma'am, 
My name is Nomo Chitra. I am Sudha Muti, and this is my husband, Ryanan Muti. And the story goes on to say that Mrs. Sudha Muti is the chairman of Infosil India, the man who developed the software, multi million software company in India. Sometimes you wonder an act of kindness. How far can it go? And the story doesn't end there. I find it very interesting because it's circulating around. And it said here, Ashkata Muti is the daughter of this lady that is married to Rishi Sunat, who may be the next Prime Minister of UK. Amazing, isn't it? Amazing, isn't it? An act of kindness extended to a young girl can go one full circle. And today, that man could be the next Prime Minister of UK. When I read that, wow! It all began with the offer of paying someone's ticket. Something very ordinary, you and I can do that. Hello, you and I can do that. It all began with an act of kindness that the Lord extended to Zacchaeus. Nobody wants to be seen with him because he was a chief tax collector. Now, if you are a tax collector, you are already bad. If you are a chief, you are the worst. And because of his short stature, Sunday school song, we have made a song out of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a little man and a little man was he, remember? He climbed up a sycamore tree and then Jesus said to him, I'm coming to your house for tea. Jesus walked straight to him and looked up. First miracle, Zacchaeus, he knew my name. Second miracle, come down. I must come to your house. Quickly he jumped down, invited Jesus to his house. We were not told in Luke chapter 19 what happened during that duration of time. He gladly received Jesus into his house, touched by an act of kindness. And then halfway through the reception, he stood up and said, Half of my help, I mean my wealth, I will give to the poor. And those that I wrongfully taken, I will restore seven times. Jesus sitting there said, Today, salvation has come to this house. And then he proceeded to say, The Son of Man came to seek the lost. Sometimes what people need is just an act of kindness. Not your gospel truth push down their throat. Not your false spiritual law. 
is just an act of kindness extended to Zacchaeus, ordinary stuff. And we forget that. Ordinary five loaves and two fish, Jesus used. Ordinary two mites that the widow came. Just two mites. Yet in the eyes of the Lord, is an example of generosity. God used ordinary things. The woman who had this issue for 12 years, a bleeding cancer, it is said, said to herself, if I only can touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. There was no precedent set then. It was just a touch of faith. Very ordinary. And when Jesus passed by that way, she reaches out and touched. It was an ordinary touch, but it became extraordinary because she was healed. Many of us are looking at extraordinary things to do. Pastor, is there extraordinary things that I can do? But in reality, is God is looking at each and every one of you here at the ordinary gift that we have or the ordinary life that we have. And when we surrender it to God, God makes it extraordinary. Hallelujah. Amen. It is said in James chapter 5, Elijah, in a, in a modern translation, was a very ordinary man like us. Very ordinary, but when he prayed, there was no rain. When he prayed, fire came. And so we are all ordinary people with ordinary prayers, with ordinary resources, with ordinary giving. And sometimes you wonder how far will it go. And I want to encourage you this morning that your ordinary lives can become extraordinary for God. Amen. Let me go on. It was common. Water is very common. What makes it so special? The three mighty men make it special. It's not from, because it was from Bethlehem. David did not say, whoa, sacred water, holy water. Yes, Kangen water. Holy water, oh sacred. No, David said it was sacred because, the next one, it's costly. Because it was retrieved at the risk of his men. The two mics was special, but in the eyes of the world, it's only two mics. It was special. Why? Because it was given by a widow and that's all she had. That's what makes it special. Hello. That's what makes it special. Not the amount. It is special because, wow, it's such a big amount. No. It was special because sin in the context where the woman was coming from it was special. That flask of perfume, it was special. And friends, 
Only to the eyes of the Lord it was special, not to the disciples. They were complaining, they were criticizing, they were condemning. They see it as an act of waste, but to the Lord it was special. Why? Because that woman was prophetic. Jesus said, leave her alone. Guys, you are looking at it in dollar and cents. She is doing it for my burial. That when later Jesus was crucified, that pound of perfume on her, on him, was the only thing that Jesus took with him to the cross. If someone pour a pound of perfume on you, the next couple of days, you are full of the fragrance. It was special. Jesus said, guys, guys, as long as this gospel is preached, what she did will be mentioned in her memory. I wonder often how much of what we do Last, how much of what we do goes into eternity? Sometimes we do it out of the wrong motive. Just like a man coming to the altar and say, Pastor, can you pray for me? After a stirring message like this. So the pastor was very impressed because he thought his sermon was a result of this altar call. So the pastor said, how can I pray for you? He said, Pastor, pray for my brother. I have not seen him for 35 years. We had a big quarrel. He left. And after that, I have not seen him. So the pastor was say, wow. What a good gesture. That now that you want to be reconciled with your brother. And then as before the pastor could re lay his hand and say, but, 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 pastor, pastor, also pray because he's going to die soon and he's worth 35 million. <laughs> Some of you are thinking and processing. Actually, actually, he doesn't want reconciliation. He wants the 35 million. You see, when I think it was Madamat Gandhi who once said, when the motive of a person is tainted, questionable, everything he does becomes questionable. So this Sunday morning, on this faith promise pledge, I'm going to close. We're not after the money. We're not going to weep. We're not going to cry. We're not going to persuade you emotionally. You've got to give to the Lord. You've you, you got to decide in your heart. Just like David, a simple thing, common water, become costly. Why? Because the man risked their life to get it. And you know what? You know what? He took that water and poured it unto the Lord. An offering 
an offering unto the Lord. Why? He dare not bring himself to drink it. And this is why David was a man after God's own heart. Later we read, when he sinned against God by doing the censor of his army, God punished him. And then later he wanted to offer a sacrifice to the Lord. And you read that he came to that trash floor of Arona. And when he found out that the king wanted that peace, he said the king can have it for free. But David said, I will never offer to God anything that is free. I'll pay for it. You see, that is the attitude of David. And let me close here because my time is up. An offering that is common, an offering can become costly and we are many times in danger of it. David poured it out before the Lord. And how often, how often we offer things to God that are no longer desirable. David quenched or rather desired that water. And yet when he was finally brought to him, somehow that, that thirst, that desire is no longer there. He poured it out to the Lord. This morning, let me bring this to a close. I don't know what is worth pouring out to the Lord this morning. In Malachi, the prophet spoke, says, you have treated the Lord with contempt. The people say, where God? You have treated the Lord with contempt. How do we treat the Lord? When you brought animals that are ill, blind and sickly. There you honour your magistrate, your city official with all that. He says, you have just done that. And many times we bring before the Lord things that are no longer desirable. So on this Mission Sunday, I just want to challenge each and every one of you here. Ordinary, ordinary lives, ordinary water. But when you place it before the Lord, it can become extraordinary. Amen. Amen. Can you stand with me as I pass the time to Pastor Francis? Amen.